that one going all right but it, yeah i know it's a little warm in here but y'all bear with us the air conditioner is on just gonna take a little bit to get going so uh uh, it will help with social distancing <laughs> after a while. But it is good to see everybody this wonderful, beautiful day we got going. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you, thank you just for the blessings of being in your house. Father, I pray for those of our church family that are sick. Lord, I lift them up to you. Father, there's so many that, that different illnesses that are affecting. So, Lord, I pray you touch their bodies. Be with those that can't be here with us today. Lord, I ask that you just touch them in a mighty and wonderful way. Thank you again for all that you do. Lord, as we come to worship today, Lord, I pray you just you just pour your spirit out on us. Thank you for those that are here today, dear Heavenly Father, Lord. And I ask you to be with each one of them. Lord, just draw us closer to you. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. A couple of announcements I'm going to share with you. Uh, one is uh, remember our backpacks that we're doing, uh, that we're taking up. We got examples right here. Uh, the, the box is back here in the, the corner. You got any questions or want to know any more about it, just please see Kim after service. She can tell you all about it. And, and then we'll be taking up the stuff for the backpacks all the way up through this month. So please remember that. Uh, the list for the backpack stuff is in the back, so if you need that, uh, I have a thank you card I want to read right quick. This is uh, to the ladies' prayer group again. Uh, it says, thank you for your continued support, especially during these trying times. Our staff, board, and clients appreciate it. Uh, love, Danielle Bailey, and that's from the Second Chance ladies again, so they want to thank you all so much for that. Remember, we're still uh, we're going to be get, start taking up for the service center soon. Uh, we'll have our list back up on that very soon again. So any other announcements this morning? Yes. Oh, yeah. Remember that, that Gina is needing to, to these, the Jesus Says. If you were in the choir and you got one of these books, she's got to get them back to her got, dad. Uh, so. About four more missing, so I need to get those back. They belong to my daddy. And he's threatened her within an inch of her life. She don't get books back to him. So y'all remember that. Any other announcements this morning? All right, let's get started. Gene, you ready? I am as ready as you are. <laughs> well, well, you're in bad shape in this morning. <laughs> Actually, I'm probably a little more ready than you are. All right, do we have any birthdays or wedding anniversaries? Okay. I know. I don't know if I can make it. I mean, I'm hiding on the normal days. Still me. All right, page one. Thank you. 
changing things up trying to get some different I, I got an idea to do something for Sunday school and we'll run it by a couple people so we might be doing Sunday school fairly soon I'll let you know uh, be different it will be different but I'll let you know about that uh, take your Bibles this morning turn the book of Joel as you're getting ready we you know we before the service is over we're going to recognize our graduates from this year we have one Amen. And uh, I, I know the parents are excited, but also probably a little nervous, too, to be sending him off. So we'll be doing that in just a little while. If I can get to Joel, I'll be doing good. Joel chapter 2. I had a, it's strange somehow how God works. And I started a sermon, and it was about sort of the same idea, and God just kind of kept changing it. And 
I, I had a, I was thinking all week long about uh, Joseph and how Joseph interpreted dreams for people. And then it's amazing, the one thing we all seem to have in common is that we all have dreams. You know, uh, you, whether or not you remember them, you, you don't know. I mean, how many of you ever had one when you get up, you think, man, that was a really good dream, and then a little bit later you can't remember nothing about it. I've done that many times. I'll tell you, I had a dream last night. And I, all I can remember about it is a box that was full of squash and tomatoes. <laughs> I ain't got a clue about anything else. I just remember looking at that box going, how in the world are we going to eat these weird-looking squash? Because it was a little bit of everything. And Julie kept saying, well, it's your turn to cook. That's the only thing I could remember out of. And I woke up going... I want some squash. So, uh, but so you know, sometimes dreams are fleeting. Sometimes you have them and they disturb you. Sometimes you know they intrigue you and they inspire us in different ways. In Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight, it says this: "It says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy." And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Now, it's funny, that word visions is almost the same word as dreams, so it talks about basically us all having dreams or, or having visions. So my question to us today is, to start off with, how clear are your visions or your dreams? Now, Proverbs 29, 18 says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. So you think, Bible says where there's no vision. And that's, that's not only true in church, it's true in life. If you don't have a vision for your life, you know, what, what's, what's the point? We don't have a vision in church, what's the point? And, and so, you know, is your vision one of growth? No, possibly, you know, sometimes you, know, you meet these people, they have this vision of growth and it's for their self. You know, and their whole motivation of life is for themselves. You ever met somebody like that? That the only person they see is themselves. I, I got a friend, I was picking on him one day because he likes to take selfies. I mean, you go on his Facebook page, that's all there is. And I said, you do realize you ain't that good looking. And he says, oh, no. Man, I, I, I mean, he takes pictures of himself doing everything. I said, well, one, you need to kind of look at where you take pictures because sometimes you take them in weird places, buddy. And, and he loves himself. But, you know, you think about it. Some people, that's the only thing they, they do. You know, there, there's even those that they might come to church and they, they might seem like, you know, they, they, they got a reason for doing it. Maybe the reason they come to church is, one, to make mom and dad happy. Anybody ever done that in life? How many of you, when you was growing up, said, you know, I went to church because mom and daddy made me? Or made somebody happy to go? You know, what is your vision of growth right there? Proverbs said this. It said, in Proverbs 11, 2 says, When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble is wisdom. See, a lot of people, the problem is, is, is yeah, they've got the vision of growth, but they don't have the right kind of growth. They might think, well, I'm growing spiritually. I've gone to church all my life, but what's your reason for being here? What's the vision behind it? Is it for your spiritual growth? Is it for you to become a better person? Or you're just doing it to make somebody happy? Has it become a habit, maybe? You ever done that? Well, I go to church because it's, it's normal on Sunday. May we all get there at that time when you, you get... How many of y'all have ever been tired of going to church? Just be honest. Be honest, say, I, I do. I, there's times I just don't want to be there, but I get up and go because every Sunday for all my life, I've gotten up and gone. So, so our, our vision behind it is not right, and our vision is more about us. Well, well, if I don't go, people might say something. Mama might get upset. Daddy going to get upset. Somebody going to get upset. So the reason I'm going is me, and it's not for God. Maybe what you need to have is a vision for the church. Listen to this. In Acts chapter 2, said this. Verses 4, 6, 4, 7. And they, talking about the church, continued daily with one another in accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church 
daily as such should be saved. Yeah. You know, I, I love that verses when you re- listen to them, you really get into it, you think about it. Here's a group of people, they're not only just coming and sitting in a building together, they're living together, they're doing things together, they're worshiping together. It said that they went around with each other and they, they broke bread with each other. You know, we, we want the church to go, grow it and it's not because we, we want this big, huge name saying, hey, boy, Chihau Baptist is the greatest thing next to whole white bread there is. I want the church to grow because we're doing what God tells us to do. Yeah. You know, it, 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 we, should, we should want it to grow because of that last thing. It says... And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Our our vision should be that no one should perish without knowing the Lord. And that should be it. No, we we, we shouldn't want anybody to go to hell. We shouldn't want anybody not to know the Lord. So that should be the whole vision behind the churches. We want it to grow because we know that everybody that gets saved is another person that's not going to hell. Jude, Jude, excuse me, Jude 22 and 23 says this. And some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Jude was talking about the church. He says there's some that, and here's, here's what it is. Some people here have compassion for others. And some people have the ability to lead others to the Lord. Jude was saying they were doing it, and, and, and you know, basically, they, they, these people, they, they were the rottenness of the group. Is that our vision to save everyone? It ought to be. You know, if the only ones you're going to talk to and tell about the church or ask the church is ones just like you, you need to look in the mirror and say, What am I really? Some people's vision's blank. I've been there. Where, where I don't see nothing. You know what my problem was? I needed a little reviving. You know, it's like this. How many of you ever had a battery in a car that dies? You ever had that? And the car ain't going to crank, but you still got a battery. You open it up. Yep, there's a battery there. You need to recharge the battery every once in a while. Or it's just going to sit there and the car ain't never going to work. Every once in a while, my vision needs a little recharge. I, I, need, I need a little boost in it. I need to get revived again. The problem with a lot of us is we're no longer revived. We've been starting to get flat in our vision. And as Psalms said, Psalms 143, verse 11, it says, For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me in your righteousness. Bring my soul out of trouble. Because when you start getting where you don't have a vision, remember what the first verse said? Where there is no vision, people start to perish. Want to know what happened to you? You can get to where you start to perish. You say, well, it might mean I'm going to die. Well, eventually we all are. But let me tell you something even worse as a Christian who's spiritually dead. You're miserable. You have nothing to to excite you. You you, you say, well, I pray. Well, how high is your prayers getting? My Bible teaches me if there's sin in my life, God, don't listen to me. Do you get that? The Bible says if there's sin in your life, God, don't listen to you. Some of us need to get on our knees and say, God, help me. God, forgive me. God, re- 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 give me my joy back that I used to have. How many of you remember when you had that joy of coming to church and, and boy, you was ready to come? You know, it's funny, when, when we shut the doors and, and didn't come, everybody wanted to come, now doors starting to open, still people don't want to come. And, and so, you know, where's your joy? Where's your vision? It's not only your vision, but what are your dreams of? How I many of you have dreams of peace? Wouldn't that be nice in the society we live in today? You know, 2 Corinthians, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Paul said, finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace be with you. You know, it's evident today that that ain't happening, is it? You know, Jesus said, John 10, 10, he said, the thief come not but steal, kill, and to destroy. I've come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. 
So I think the thing is, we live in a world right now where the thief is running rampant. He, he is trying his best. He's, he's killing, he's stealing, he's destroying people's lives. Majority of the people that are out looting don't even know what they're doing. They're just going along with the crowd. You know, the, the problem is, is there's no peace. How many of us have peace like we ought to? If, you, if, if where you get your fix from every day, for a better word, is from the news, you're not going to have peace. Yeah, you know, I hate turning on news. This is the most depressing thing in the world. Have you ever noticed they focus on the worst thing they can possibly find? You know, I mean... And I know it's bad, but boy, they make it sound like you walk outside your door, you're going to get shot and die of corona. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, you got to be careful. Yeah, this is still a bad disease. There was 27 more cases of corona in Calhoun County in the last seven days. So, yeah, it's still there, but we don't hear about it because they focus on the things they know that's going to get us upset. We, we need to have that peace. As Paul said, finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. You, know, you can't know love. You can't know peace if you don't know God. Maybe what our, our dreams of be, especially in the time we live in, is of His return. Listen to this as Jesus is talking in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 36. He said, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Before him shall be gathered all the nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided the sheep from the goat. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared from you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee? Or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or, or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Amen. So he said, Church, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're not doing it because you want everybody to see you, you're doing it for him. He says, I've got something prepared for you. Think about that as a dream, as if you know you've served the Lord. And he says, come, I've got this prepared for you. But listen to the second part of this verse, these verses. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they say unto the Lord, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? And he answered them, saying, Verily I say unto you, as so much as you did not, you did it not unto one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, 
but the righteous and never into life eternal. So my question for you this morning is which group are you? See the sheep and the goat intermingled the whole time together. They were in the same pasture. The shepherd cared for both of them. Here was the difference. The sheep listened. The sheep responded. You know what a goat is? It's somebody that's stubborn. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm going to do it my way. You know what's bad? The churches are full of goats. There's been a lot of people that sat there and they said, Well, are you saved? Well, I, I go to church. Are you saved? Well, I'm a good person. Are you going to go to heaven? Well, I, I, I do good. They did good too. But their reasoning behind it was, so look at me, everybody, look at me. Proverbs 27, 1 says, Boast not thyself on tomorrow, for thou know what the day may bring forth. Right. If what you're doing is just so everybody say, look at me, look at me, what's your motivation? Jesus said in Matthew 25, 13, he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. There's a lot of people who say, Well, I'm going to do better later. When I get older, I'll get serious about God. When I got time, I'll start to follow Him. But let me tell you, the time is here, the time is now. Amen. You know, there are going to be two main great goat groups. There in those who are the goats don't know Jesus and never trusted them. Well, they know about them probably. But Jesus warns us. He says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, listen to what he says. He says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does it the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's the scariest section of Scripture, I think, in the Bible. Because what this says is there's people who've sat and listened to God's word all their life. Oh, they've been busy in the church. They've been busy doing all kind of things. They might have taught classes. They might have sung in the choir. They might have done everything. But in their heart, they never surrendered to Christ. See, there's a big difference in knowing Him and knowing of Him. When you know of Him, He's not really your Savior. Church is what it is. It's not a relationship. And Jesus said, one day there's going to be a lot of them that's going to cry to me and say, but Lord. And the thing is, he never knew them. They could have sat beside you every Sunday. Been the most polite person there is. Even know some scripture or know all scripture, but never applied it to their heart. There are going to be those that, that listen. They might even sing his praises, but yet they reject him. That's the will of the Father that we accept Christ. Paul said in Romans 5, 8, he said, But God commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. You know, a lot of people know about the crucifixion, but the reason behind it is you and me. That's the whole thing. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, it says, for, grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. You know, I think about that. So many people, well, the ones that will be saying, but Lord, Lord, didn't we? Didn't I? See, there, there, there's the proof right there. For by grace are you saved. It's not nothing you do. I'm glad it's not nothing I do. Because I'm not worthy of salvation. I come to church, or I read my Bible, I prepare sermons. But that's not what saves me. I do that because I am saved. 
I, I worship my God because I am saved. I, I got called ministry because I am saved. My relationship with Him is awesome. You think about this. There are times I treat Him horribly. There are times I try to ignore Him. But you know what? He loves me. Amen. There are times when I cry out to Him. He is always there. For by grace am I saved through faith, not by works. You know, faith is a decision of your heart and it's demonstrated in the actions of your life. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's simple, isn't it? When you read it, it's simple. But in truth, it says when you confess with your mouth, which everybody in here could say it, but when you believe in their heart, it's totally different. He didn't just say you understand it, you believe it. He added those words in your heart. Because see, if you have something in your heart, it is part of you, it is important to you, it is life-changing to you. you, you, you here, here's the difference. Here's your, a worldly picture of a difference of, of believing in Christ is your heart. It's amazing how many people that are football fans will root for different teams and make you think that they've been rooting for that team their entire life. It all depends on who wins the national championship. <laughs> That's all that matters. Well, see, there's a lot of people who in their belief believe that Christ is Lord, but in their heart, they've never surrendered. See, he has to be more than just somebody you wake up on Christmas morning and say happy birthday to. More than somebody you pick up a hymnal and sing a song to. He's got to be personal to you. No, you, you've, you've got to, you got to, it says that you've got to believe it in your heart. You've got to say it with your mouth. Listen to what he said in verse 10. He said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you trust that Jesus died on your heart, you know, died on the cross for you, and, and, and you believe that he rose again on the third day, and you accept him as your Savior, that he did that just for you, then you got saved. When you said that prayer, you might not even realize what you were saying, but it was what you believed in your heart. Christian, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever go back to that day and just think, God, I remember when I said that prayer. I remember what it felt like. Some of us, it seems like we've forgotten it, don't it? We don't get excited about it anymore. How close is he to your heart? What's the vision of your heart? What's the dreams of your heart? You know, if you don't know I me, mean, you, you've been sitting in church your whole life. And, and, and maybe you said a prayer once. Did you believe it? You know, this morning, if you say the prayer, would you believe it with your heart? If you just pray, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me and forgave me of my sins, rose again on the third day. You say, Lord, make me the Savior of my life. Make, make me the King, become the King of my life. You know, would you believe what you say? Would you, would you say, Lord, I'm saying this because I want it. I'm saying it because I need it. I know you're the only way to heaven. That's the only way to get saved. Listen to this. How many of you would really love to hear these words? When you take your last breath here and you stand before your Lord. Like he said, like Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 23. And his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You will know if that's what Jesus is going to say, but he tells us that parable. Wouldn't that be awesome if he told you something like that? He said, Steve, I like how he put it. You were faithful over a few things. Because see, God doesn't expect us to be perfect in everything. He knows we can't. We're human. We make mistakes.
But he said, but you were faithful over a few. If nothing else, you were faithful over the fact I'm your Savior. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're being faithful, it's like this, you know, he, do you do what he tells you? He said in Luke 13, 19, verse 13, he said this, and he called his ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. You know, if you're a child of God, are you doing that this morning? Are you occupying till he comes? Are you staying busy? Are you making ready? You know, I think sometimes we, we forget everything that God's told us, you know. And, 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 you know, I think one of the hardest things to, to actually believe would happen is somebody you know don't know the Lord. You know, the, that one group there that he talks to and he, he tells them, hey, my good and faithful servant. But what about the other ones? What about the goats? What about those who's rejected him? You know, he tells the story of, of the rich man and Lazarus. And the Bible tells us that in hell being in torment, the rich man looked up and saw Abraham's bosom, saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. The one thing that always gets me, he says, Father Abraham, can't you just let Lazarus dip his fingers in the water? Just give me a drop. Just one. Because I'm in torment. People say, how would a loving God send people to hell? A loving God doesn't. Loving God made a way. He gave us a choice. It's people's choice that sends them to hell. So that rich man had everything he wanted all during his life, and he never saw the need for eternity. But there's a need for eternity because it's bigger than life. How many of you remember the day when you were little and mom and daddy was just the greatest things in the world? Then one day you start thinking, mom and daddy can't even breathe right. I remember when I got out of school. Do y'all remember that? Don't seem like it was that long ago. I remember looking in the mirror and having hair. And it was black. I remember holding my little baby girl when she was first born. I remember holding my little boy when he was first born. Now my baby girl's got a little girl of her own and a little boy. My son's married. Life here is fleeting. It was just yesterday you were in your teens. It was just yesterday many of you were in your 20s. How old are you today? We're here for just a little while. And God said, I've given you a choice. And here's the choice. You can be the sheep or you can be the goats. Will you be mine or you will you be the world's? Because after this, there's eternity. After this, there's forever. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 6 says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety and sudden destruction come upon them, as travail upon a woman and the child, they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should not overtake you as a thief. Ye are children of light, children of the day. We are not of night nor darkness. 
Therefore, let none of us sleep and do as others. Let us watch and be sober. Because Paul says he's coming back. His description there reminds me of every time I turn on the news. There is no more peace. Seems like there's only destruction. Are you ready? Are you dreaming of the day he returns? Or does it hold for you more of a nightmare? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Lord, you told us in the latter days that people will have visions and they will have dreams. Lord, we live in the last days. Fathers, we see the world just going into chaos. Lord, we know that this is what the Bible speaks of. So, Father, I pray that during this time that people will hearken unto your words. Lord, they'll give their heart to you. It is simple as saying a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you. Lord, if there's somebody that's hearing our voice or, or watching us, Father, I pray you, you touch their heart. Let them say that simple prayer. Confess it with their mouth and believe it in their heart. Have your way with those of us that are here today that we might realize we need to occupy till you come. Give us the strength each and every day to do that. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen.
graduates before we leave this morning and uh, let Bree get up here with me I was gonna make John do this but as I said my favorite son-in-law is not here <laughs> but uh you know as you enter into that that time when you graduate from high school and going to college is I think one of the hardest times of your life because of the things you'll be bombarded with. And Colby, you're going to be facing so much, and it's not going to be the academics, because I know you'll have no trouble with that. But it'll be everything else that they try to tell you that you come to become who you're going to be. So if you don't mind coming up here right quick, I'm going to call your family up in just a second. Just watch the, the cables that I got stretched out everywhere, because my favorite son-in-law. <laughs> We brought you a, a Bible. Bree went and picked it out. She's got you a study Bible because she knows that you're going to need a lot of guidance. It's going to be up to you the choices and decisions you make. <clears throat> the parents have guided you under this point. When you leave to go to college, it'll be all your choices. So we're giving you something to build a foundation upon. All the answers you need are right there. I pray that you use it. And Brie also got you something else. It is a Bible study for those times when, you know, there's finals coming up and it's hard to make it to whatever church service you find over there. So this one is about not just being a fan of Jesus, but being a committed follower through everything. The hard times, the good times, the ugly times. Mom and Dad, this is a difficult time for you. Come on up too, Kinsley. You've got one out of the house so far. <laughs> or fixing to be out. And I know this is going to be difficult on you. Because Mom, I know you don't want to turn loose of them. So church, what we need to do is we need to pray for this family. As they go through this new season of their life, uh, if you know them, you usually see these two together a good bit but as they're going to be at different places now so we need to pray for them and we need to pray for Keith and Kelly that that they help make the right decisions because one of the hardest things to do is to turn loose of your baby and it's a hard thing to see them go out into the world so let's pray for them and let's pray that that also that Colby makes the right decisions like I said, he won't have no trouble with the academics, if you know Colby. He loves, to, he loves academics, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I admire his, his tenacity in studying. He's got something I never had. But y'all pray for this family. Y'all join me in prayer as we pray for this family. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Father, we're thankful for the, the graduation. Lord, I thank you for watching over Colby during this time and helping him, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray that you instill upon his heart a need for you every day. Lord, as he goes into this new season of his life, as he prepares to go out to, to higher education, Father, I pray you put the right teachers in his path, the right subjects, help him to decide where he wants to go and what he's going to do. Lord, give him discernment to, to understand the things that he needs. Keep a hand on them during this entire time. Father, I pray for Keith and for Kelly. Lord, as they're facing a new season in their life, as their oldest goes off to college, I pray that you help them. 
Bless them, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, pour your spirit out on them. Give them guidance and discernment that they need. Be with Kinsley, dear Heavenly Father. Watch over her. Lord, she now is there but without a big brother. Lord, I pray you watch over her and help steer her in the right direction. Lord, and just bless the whole entire family. Lord, I thank you for the time we have had together with them. And, and Lord, I pray that you continue to bless that. Thank you again, Father, for all that you do. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. 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 We're proud of you, brother. Thank you. And I, I wish you love. And mom, dad, Kinsley, good luck. Because <laughs> it's going to be different at home now. All right, church, love you guys. We'll see y'all Wednesday night. Yeah, I don't know how to turn the TV on. <laughs> 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 <laughs>